0: And welcome to the AEW Dynamite Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Daddy Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamlet and Michael Sidgwick here to look ahead to everything on tonight's episode on AEW Dynamite. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where you not only review AEW Dynamite, but also AEW Rampage. Raw, SmackDown, NXT pay-per-views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a video quiz, of course, on wrestling. As I said, joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to look ahead to Dynamite tonight. The weird sensation tonight, Sidgwick, I was just chatting to Hamlet before we started recording here. It's obviously another, yet another stacked episode of Dynamite. There's titles on the line. There's the final Labour of Jericho, Sting's last, last ever wrestling match. But it's surreal because we're all kind of also looking ahead to Friday, aren't we? It's a... I mean, it's great. It's a fantastic time to be a wrestling fan, but it's also quite surreal, this. I mean, I and I don't know if this is
3: on purpose or if the events of the the narrative are all geared towards this, but Friday's Rampage, the first dance, is going to be absolutely momentous. It is the most anticipated show of the year in their marketing, and with the hype I've got, personally, I'm not disagreeing at present. I don't know if it's a conscious choice, but this episode of Dynamite seems like way more fun Mm. I know they've got the serious stakes and how long they've built MGF versus Jericho. So it's not like this frivolous stick about before we get to the serious business on Friday and time. Ta- Bucks versus Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. That'd be fun. That'd be loads of fun. Sting and Ever-Eyes, Th- That'd be classic. I'm telling you now, like when I found out I was on holiday in Center Parks, when I found out that Everise 2.0 had signed with AEW, and I was legitimately about to messages on twitter saying well, we don't have to do the we uh, don't have to do the NXT podcast anymore do we <laughs> <laughs> if ever eyes are on AW now NXT we don't really cover main event. So why don't we cover NXT as it is <laughs> staying in ever and 2.0. Like
0: it's just going to be loads of fun. This show. I'm worried about this seven match format. Like, Yeah. You were saying before we started, this is one of the most match heavy dynamites ever. This is the most
3: amount of matches that I've ever been on a single dynamite. And if I'm, I'm thrown by this, to be honest, I legit thought there were five matches um, on this card before you sent us over the preview and said, does everything look okay? And then I was like, the hell? Starks versus Cage. I know I haven't seen a graphic on Twitter. I haven't seen it promoted. They obviously did it last week. So I've been thrown for a loop. Handful of takeover before I get too flustered.
2: We There was a, a similar one to this, wasn't there, about a month ago where we said we weren't sure how they were going to fit it all in. And they didn't. They dropped uh, the apology. And I think they rushed through a couple of other bits. Um, so I have like, minor concerns over how they're going to get through all of this, because it is a lot. But they are matches, and sometimes matches actually can get done and out of there quicker than certain segments. So this one might run smooth. There's probably not a time for a lot of fluff. I really, really like this card. Really like it. Um, yeah, as you've sort of said there, Sidgwick, the hype is all centred around Friday, as it should be, realistically. Um, but what an effort they've made to make this Dynamite feel important. This is the total opposite of throwing a show in, mm. um, which I'm very pleased about, because subjectively, I've found the last few Dynamites to either be all, to be good but like slightly inessential or to have like pretty large missable elements last week in particular. Um, there doesn't look like much of anything to go and take a piss break for on this card. And with all out so close, I'm so pleased um, that they're giving matches television time that you're starting to feel maybe too exhausted to make it to the pay-per-view. What we're getting here in the likes of the main event and a couple of the undercard matches and what we've already had on Rampage and probably underneath CM Punk on Friday is a suggestion that there's still new and interesting things to be announced for the pay-per-view in a couple of weeks. Hmm. It's not far away, but they're not going to be short of ideas for it. And I like that. I think like some of the stuff on here is probably better served on television than it ever would be. Making those... Make, giving you that AEW pay-per-view thing, and think it's a bit too long, this two matches, too many makes me feel like All Out's going to be a slightly leaner show and all the better for it.
0: Typical as well, isn't it? I take one week off and I miss Duty <laughs> Marshall's apology. I've Been waiting now for ages. They kept saying it was next week. Oh, he's going to put it off next week, next week. And he comes out. Now he's going to fight. Big show. Is that happening, Hamper?
2: Speaking of matches for All Out,
0: got to <laughs> get QT
2: and Paul White on the card. Aye, uh, that's probably happening. That That is probably perfect for a rampage, quite honestly. Perfect for the, the short rampage match, if they're going to do that at all. And it looks like they will.
0: Uh, anyway, let's look ahead to Dynamite tonight, So, just start with the final labour of Jericho. He's gone through the uh, proverbial saw in uh, recent weeks, of course, to finally get his hands on MJF. And the final stipulation from MJF is no Judas entrance music. It's going to come out to dead silence. And no Judas effects. It's only going one way, this, isn't it, Sige? One would hope. They've invested so much
3: time in this that I expect it firmly to get over really big in the arena. Chris Jericho's recent spate of performances... I've found uneven. It was really sort of lively and energetic in the match against Sean Spears. Like that was so neat and tidy in such an elegantly told story that elevated, of course, by a white hot crowd. And the Nick Gage match was class. Hamford, I will hear no complaints about it whatsoever. Um, Him and Juventus Guerrero got totally lost for two or three minutes, which has tarnished these labours. And against Wardlow, he just got the piss beaten out of him, so it was difficult to gauge his performance level. But they've been building and crafting this storyline for almost a full calendar year, and in my opinion, well before that, if you look at the various hints that foreshadowed them doing something together, when that became an actual explicit storyline development in canon, pretty much after All Out, yes, Wilbur.
0: Did you? You're not surprised that they've t- they've taken this to all out, or is it maybe that is maybe that maybe I'm getting jumping the gun here, and you're going to lay it out for us?
3: Well, I don't know. Um, they could step up a rematch. I mean, hmm. they've certainly invested enough time in this to probably warrant two, uh, but maybe it's a scheduling thing. Maybe it's just the rule of TV nowadays where you can, in fact, blow things off on television because that's where the most amount of revenue is driven from. So I don't know why they're doing that on Dynamite. Um, I'm happy that they're doing things of this magnitude on Dynamite and I just really hope that this bangs Chris Jericho's I'd be ashamed to call it uneven he's this age but then he has put himself in this storyline but his state of performances or spate of performances i fucking slip right now <laughs> um, leave me to believe that at this stage of his career he should not be wrestling weekly because they've, the labors of Jericho I love the storyline. The in-ring aspects have cooled off since uh, the Spears and the Gage matches. So I really hope Jericho's up for it, but I have to imagine he will be. Um, I'm expecting a nice, basic story elevated by a crowd who are hugely into this dynamic. If just think about this entire storyline, how much effort they've put into virtually every aspect, the thought out of the box, they've thought with the long-term vision in mind, the dinner debonair, the very intricate chess game between the inner circle and the formation of the pinnacle and um, this inexplicably great dose of fan service with Nick Gage and who even to Guerrero, like they've crafted this so lovingly. And I would say for about 80 to 90% of it, I've been on the hook the entire time for ages. It should be reiterated for ages, how it's dovetailed across various developments with the young books and that great tag team match at revolution they deserve a major reaction, and I'm thinking that they are going to be bang, bang, bang up for this. If there's any reservations about match quality, owing to the fact that Jericho is what Jericho is in 2021, I really think they're going to smash it here. I've just got
0: a feeling. Houston, Texas tonight, have I made that up in my head? Yes, it is. Yeah. No pressure, Houston. You're going to have to sing Judas with no music. Get get together, have a little chat before you all go into the uh, arena because uh, it could be an absolute car crash. That, but I mean, we we're talking about this beforehand. Hamlet MJF is undefeated in singles matches because Moxley cheated, didn't he? He should be well champion, okay. really. He's cheating there, John. But um, okay, fine. Do you see that changing tonight, Hamlet?
2: Absolutely not he's got to win i think, like i think some of this story has been really really good some of it less so but i'm very much ready for it to end um i'm feeling a little bit tired of the rivalry so mjf getting the win as it's peaking would be perfect um, I don't particularly want this to end in a manner that requires an all-out rematch because that's two rematches on the pay-per-view. And I don't think that's a particularly great look, um, even though the Omega and Christian one's going to be stepped up now, with, you know, probably title for title. Don't really need two-on-one pay-per-view. Um, and I think I, w- I wouldn't have a problem with MJF putting Chris Jericho out of commission here. We've talked before about the possibility of this having like a loser-leaves element to it or something. Just because it doesn't have that, it doesn't mean they can't do that. Um, Jericho will be touring with Fozzy at some point I wouldn't miss him on the Rampage headset quite honestly so if he was disappearing now on a stretcher for the time being I don't think that's the worst way to bring this to a conclusion um, and ultimately this has always been MJF's feud to win too and I don't necessarily I know that there's a, like something to be said for a happy ending to it and MJF needs to get his comeuppance once in a while. But he's kind of had his comeuppance four times because this match shouldn't even have been going out if his labours are successful. So this is where he has to do what he believes others couldn't. It adds a bit of spice to his relationship with Wardlow because it's like, right, fine, I'll get it done, Shaller. You couldn't. You failed again. Um, so it's not like there isn't any meat on the bone after the fact. It's going to be a big win for the pinnacle at large because they finally get something conclusive over Jericho. Um, so, yeah, I can only hope the match is good. I quite enjoyed their first singles match, albeit I expect the story to be completely different. Mm. Um, it was really well thought out, it was executed well enough, but it was more about the like what they were thinking about trying to get across in that match that I liked. And i sense we'll get plenty of that intelligence in the agent in this evening.
3: I really hope before we move on that one of my favorite bits in wrestling is MGF's really quite clever. So when he plays this sort of old school guy who rails against the gymnasts. It's quasi-cornet stuff, but he knows his audience because this stuff gets in front of him. When he takes a Destroyer, it means so much more than anybody else taking a Destroyer when he does, like, an aerial, which we've not seen in AEW. But I hope we see it tonight. I hope he does the line salt. The key thread is he's taken his spot. They can make that literal with a really exciting high spot in a match that you wouldn't really expect
0: one from. That would be Chef's case. I was going to say, is it overbooking for me to suggest that MJF wins via Judas Effect?
3: potentially i mean that's the key theme of the story mm. here he is taking his spot and if they can make that literal in the guts of the match yes <laughs> Sorry, that. Sorry, considering,
2: considering that he is a judas-like figure but like based on everything about his character imagine if he wins and then says like monkeys in the truck hit my music and then they play judas and the crowd can't sing along because they would be singing to mjf
0: mm. that would be lovely that Quick nod to uh, Maxwell's Twitter as well. Hard to sleep when you know you're about to absolutely dismantle a beloved wrestling icon and drink the tears of his fans. That's great. That's, That's good amazing. stuff. Uh, talking to Flippy Bollocks, Hamlet, uh, Young Bucks, Jurassic yeah. Express, <laughs> AW tag team titles on the line. I am not stupid enough to ask, are the Young Bucks going to lose their titles? I mean, Taz did a great job on the road too, suggesting that they may be under threat, but I think Sid just pointed out that we could well be getting Lucha Bros versus Young Bucks uh, at All Out. So, I mean, a close call, but a defence for the Young Bucks here for you.
2: Yeah, I'm hugely into this, so much so that I'm a little bit disappointed that this is on Dynamite. This is the one sort of exception to the rule of this card because I would have welcomed this at All Out because I would have believed that a title change might have been forthcoming if that was the case. Um we, I think it was when you were off, but we were discussing about Christian beating Omega on at Rampage and the fact that he has done what he said he was going to do, which is mix things up a little bit in the elite. Kenny lost through heel miscommunication. The elite have finally been rattled by something, and it's been by Christian, because he can be that creepy little bastard that Jim Ross always called him, and he's got in amongst it, and he's kind of messed with their heads a little bit, and that's going to put the Young Bucks on the ropes tonight, and I look forward to watching that. However... In storyline terms, it's okay if Jurassic Express falls short here because everything that Christian has said he is going to do has come off. It's quite nice if Jungle Boy doesn't quite make it that far. It's another way for Christian just to ever slight a knee. Like, hey, you're doing good, kid. Next time, uh, one day you'll get a belt, just like I've done. You know, it's all quite nice for that relationship as it simmers. Um, and the match should bang. Of course it should. Um, we've had this match before, haven't we? It all out all out, but the manner in which Jungle Boy especially has come on in that time, uh, or it feels at least like he's developed in that time, tells me that this should be substantially better and different. The way the young books will work it will make it feel different. Um, there's going to be one hope spot that is going to be mesmerising. You just know it. They're going to incorporate one here, probably with a Jungle Boy pinfall, um, where there's going to be a 2.999 that is going to be breathtaking. Um, But yes, Young Bucks to retain, I don't think that's a problem at all with the various stories they've got going on.
3: I really wish. They've got a seven-match card, and they can't put the Lucha Brothers in some total banger to just remind people, oh, you know, it's happening on Dark, and we're doing the thing that we do on Dark, which is fine. I'd rather that than nothing. But if you can make space for seven matches, at some point, I would like to see at least one. They never did this with SCU. I would like to. I did they know they did do it once, but I think by that time they were already number one contenders, which made it all a bit strange. <laughs> um, I really wish they would just have a Lucha Brothers banger. I pitched actually on Twitter. Hamford hated this match. I adored it. Um, episode four, way back when Lucha Brothers versus Private Party. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> exhilarating. Do that again on Dynamite or Rampage. The TV shows that truly matter. But on this tag team match, how the books are going to retain, I don't think it's going to be that dissimilar to the all-out match in terms of the way it's worked. Because if you recall, at that time, the books were baby faces, but they were doing that, we need to find our edge back stuff ahead of the FTR match that were not for the great match itself would have been a total disaster. Um, People didn't like it at the time. But in the ring, they know how to play heel immaculately. They've got Jungle Boy the best baby face possible to be the Young Bucks in front of, if you like. My only concern is that this is going to be like f- more fun than an actual top tier Young Bucks match, purely because we've got seven matches. One of them is going to be a total squash, an inaction squash. Um,
0: but yeah, I'm expecting more banter
3: than true
0: heart and mouth. Jungle Boys nearly their drama. With that in mind, I just thought of a spot because obviously they love the Brandon Cutler spray and he did it last night I think it was last night on Dark against uh, Frankie Kazarian accidentally sprayed himself in the face with it. Is there room I don't know how you do this again, it's not my problem but I'll just give <laughs> it a sweet TK but Brandon Cutler does the cold spray thing into Luchasaurus who just sort of inhales it and then spits it back out at him I don't know if that would actually work or it it's something. probably not. he's not a dinosaur what? Don't, a, ruin the, don't ruin the illusion from it and also the reason why Luchasaurus a The a sharper bit of
2: Luchasaurus is Max popping a basketball Just throw it out (laughs) of Just goes down and stays there.
0: You could have
3: Cutler with a spray can. They did a bit like this on Dark, where it's the wrong way around and it goes in his eyes. Marco Stunt could stand
0: on his feet. And that could be the thing that this week goes, ah, into his eyes. (laughs) Or that the the cold spray actually does win the Young Bucks the match. And they can say, oh, there you go. That's what killed the dinosaurs, the Ice Age. So right. history repeats itself. L-T-S-T, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Lucha. L-T-S-T. <laughs> Lucha Rose aren't there, of course, because of Andrade El Admino, uh, who's still there. Uh, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> um, uh, Ricky Thoughts, Brian Cage, uh, Sige. Uh, this is still going on. Um <laughs> Look, I just, just like you say, it, just, it does seem to have just been continuous. I mean, this week is different. Obviously, I think there's no other members of Team Taz. That's what uh, Ricky Stock said. I don't know. I got lost in his eyes, to be honest, watching uh, last week. Uh, but no other members of Team Taz will be there. This is Brian Cage's potential redemption. Or is it, Sige?
3: I've got any idea. I'm unprepared. I truly didn't know, I didn't know this was happening last week. I know they did an angle to build towards a match with no seconds, but I didn't know it was happening this week until literally two minutes before the podcast. So I'd had any time to think about it really. Um I don't know what to think about this. And the fact that I'm not thinking and thinking and thinking about things to talk about it means mm. I can't really be that into it. I feel like it's pretty clear at this point that Brian Cage just ain't it is the baby face in this group like he hasn't got anywhere near enough charisma personality. To be this sort of one-man wrecking machine. He's got the physical gifts to be able to do all the bits, like with the drums, with the celebration. But ultimately, you want to watch the baby face kick someone's ass. And I'd just rather, I think team tars are cooler. Like team tars are cooler than Brian Cage. So the dynamics being pretty the worst thing is, as well, is that they've put loads of thought into this as well. Loads of time and investment. And it feels almost like there's a word we use in gate said Shan mm. feels pure Shan like unfair to to bury, but uh, you can put as much time as you want into something. If the execution and the feeling's not there, it isn't. Their first match was sloppy, but electrifying at the same time. I'm expecting somewhere in the middle for this, and if that seems like a boring prediction, I feel like this is going to be not that great, and I just feel like. Starks is going to get the better reaction. It's Texas again. Yes. <laughs> what are they do with Brian Cage here? That poor bastard. That poor bastard with really pretty bad opinions on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, Starks is going to get an unbelievable response, isn't he? It's really weird. This. I think part of the problem maybe there is a an emotional disconnect. I think with this rivalry at this point. Seems to me like they got to the point of the turn and then scaled back the importance of all of this. Um, I'm reminded of that week when they had that quite strange and off kilter earlier on tonight, but it wasn't on dark, but it's not dynamite either. But it, it, like, felt like it didn't exist almost. It was in this strange television hinterland. Team Taz was just here for some reason. Like <laughs> Powerhouse Hobbs is setting up the ring, and in the meantime, no, like it was just it was like that felt strange, and then the whole things felt phased back. There's been weeks where. Of all the things, getting time on dynamite, the uh, Ricky Starks as new champion or Team Taz disarray hasn't been one of them. Uh, Brian Cage just doesn't feel, yeah, doesn't feel it. Just to sort of like mirror that opinion, it's he's never really felt that way. Other than I would say probably in the in the body of the Hangman Page rematch at Double mm. or Nothing, only in the guts of that did he feel like somebody. that He thought, I oh, go on, then I'll get behind you. Like when this turn actually occurs, I don't think any point in the execution has has this felt particularly hot. So maybe I don't know. Starks does Starks win tonight? And that's that. I know that's a bit boring and a bit bland, but it feels like Team Taz desperately needs something else to do. And I know that's a bit harsh on Brian Cage, but it might be time to just like pull these characters away from each other a little bit.
1: A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times.
0: Uh you both have uh, watched the uh, The Road 2. Brilliant, one of the best ones, in my opinion, actually. Uh watch it ahead of tonight's dynamite on AW's YouTube channel. Um great build, obviously, to the ladies of Jericho and the tag team title match. Which it's a lovely segment, uh, Hamfler, around Britt Baker and Pittsburgh and, and her becoming DMD. Uh and just I mean. It's not a work, is it? That relationship with Tony Schiavone. He's there and they're throwing out the pitch at the baseball game. Just a really lovely moment. She's in action tonight. You sense, as Sidge alluded to, it's going to be a squash match, but potentially, I don't know, setting up a, I don't think, Chris Statlander next in line, perhaps, for that women's world title? Yeah, it seems that way. Um, aye,
2: go out your way to watch that road too. Uh, it really was fantastic work putting over the company's top heel. Couldn't love it more. Um <laughs> <laughs> for fuck's sake, man. Like... I know we keep banging the drum um, and I'm starting to see a bit of pushback on that opinion that, well, maybe you can just have both. And like, maybe you can, maybe she can be the most popular wrestler in the building and be involved in heel storylines and heel angles and work as a heel in her matches. Didn't feel that way at the end of a white hot rampage, did it? When you kind of did a heel beatdown and killed the whole scene. Mm. Um, So I remain convinced that this is an act of stubbornness that I wish they would, like walk back rather than just something that is this sort of grand plan. But to answer your question, yes, Statlander is the match. Yes, this will be a short squash. Yes, Britt Baker will get some of the biggest pops and still work and act and talk and look like a heel alongside Jamie Heater. Uh, But I don't know. I, I like my I dad talking about Jamie <laughs> Heater. Worry, I worry still about... The Statlander match in the same way I did the Red Velvet one in terms of the dynamics, in terms of the the realistic, like ceiling of the quality of the match. Like I th- I'll still campaign that it needs fixing until, I guess, the television show itself proves me otherwise. Mm. And Road Two didn't help that either. No, she was great.
3: I don't know what I, I do know what to expect from this, but I don't expect it to go down particularly well given that Baker is a heroic heel. This oxymoron thing is scuppering so much other than Britt Baker, and that's not good. The whole rule of a champion is obviously you're a star, you draw tickets, you generate quarter hours, but you are meant, and this is maybe just my Bret Hart brain talking, but you're meant to hoist like journeymen, one-note characters, whatever, at your level and make them feel like relevant big concerns, even in this sort of drab. Parameters of 1995. I'm talking about Hokushi. I'm talking about Jean Pierre Lafitte. In those matches, those people felt like concerns. In these matches with Dr. Britt Baker, it feels like she's looming over everyone and she's not hoisting anyone to her level. I feel like there's going to be a continuation of that. My doomy scenario for tonight is that she's going to dispense with someone within minutes, if even longer, just a quick lockjaw. Chris Startlander is going to be ringside or she can emerge from the tunnels. And because there's so little time on this show, there can't be any big, long verbal interplay. She's going to boop Baker on the nose. Reba's going to do some wacky physical comedy in response to it. And people are just going to think that Statland is a geek who isn't worthy of their support, much like Britt Baker is. This needs to be corrected. Like I like very much watching Dr. Britt Baker, who is so entertaining and so good, be received as a star. Mm. Great. Who else is this
0: benefiting? The answer at this point is an E1. And that's not what a champion should do. This is the most WWE thing that AEW are doing. We love her. No, she's a heel. No, we love her. No, <laughs> she's a heel. Ridiculous. Uh, but also, Sid, we're getting two women's matches tonight on Dynamite. <laughs> Uh, when Thunder Rosa versus Penelope Ford on at the last minute at Thunder Rosa demanding the match against Penelope Ford. uh, We've been singing the praises of Penelope Ford for months now, and this could be a real showcase for her against Thunder Rosa.
3: Indeed. I feel like I'm repeating this take, but it feels like another example of the two problems with the otherwise flawless pro wrestling promoter, Tony Khan, right? There's two issues with Tony Khan. One, he's incredibly energetic bloke. Loves rushed dynamites. Certain things don't register or resonate as they should. He loves the feeling of live energy and chaos. This is why he can craft or like lay out these wonderful brawls and whatever. He's a great angle, man, is Tony. This is going to feel like a pretty rushed dynamite. The other bad thing about Tony, it's not like he's a nice bloke. He's getting three Texas pops on this show in Texas on Dynamite like is this one too many Thunder Rosa versus Penelope Ford I'll talk about Guevara or Thunder Rosa here
0: talking about Thunder Rosa we'll get to Guevara in a second yeah
3: so we've got Ricky Starks uh he came of wrestling age in the Texas Indies as did Guevara as did Thunder Rosa so he's getting three Texas pops. Great, but, you know, can you not get rid of one to get a six-match card? That's the perfect Dynamite one. So my worry is that the Thunder Rules versus Penelope Ford match is going to be either now or make five minutes, which is a shame because Penelope Ford deserves way more of a showcase. It exists as, you know, just an excuse for a great two-hour TV show that doesn't feel like completely stuffed and rushed. There's one thing that could come out of this, and that is Thunder Rosa, who's had a recent win on dynamite at the expense of Julia Hart, I think it was. I haven't got the rankings to hand, but Thunder Rosa and Chris Statlander
2: one and two rising
3: up the rankings in parallel. If they then have a match together, one that'll be class. Two, it would make you think like it's not just our challenger of the week. There would be like a real drama if Statlander and Rosa had a match. So, if that, if this Thunder Rosa match functions to build Rosa versus Statlander, which lands your opponent at all out, absolutely, that'll be great. So, I'll be happy with that. But otherwise, it just feels like a match for the sake of a pop, for the sake of being nice, be ruthless because it's a better TV show than this potentially rushed one looks.
2: So, yeah, so Rose is number one and Statlander is number two. So as you say, that's mm. potentially primed for a nice number one contenders match, isn't it, effectively? You know, to leapfrog her in the rankings. Um, I know they, they wouldn't do this spitefully, obviously. Um, you know, they've shown in recent weeks, and we're going to get on Friday, just how awesome AEW are with hometown wrestlers. But what if Penelope Ford scores a huge upset? win over Thunder Rosa to pull her below Chris Statlander in the rankings in what happened to Hangman Page with Brian Cage and he we all saw that number one versus champion match and then it was ripped away Thunder Rosa at the moment kind of is like other, while Serena Deed's on the shelf Thunder Rosa is the Britt Baker opponent isn't it everybody wants to rematch everybody has an assumed quality to it based on the quality of the first match um, and she's made no secret of the fact that she's only been padding out these numbers because she wants to like, get her hands back on Britt Baker and win the title. She put, she's kind of walking around feeling like an uncrowned champion, effectively. So maybe, in an absolute shocker, Penelope Ford gets the win, and that actually permits Chris Statlander, for rankings reasons, to get that shot. Because otherwise, oh, I mean, I'm on board with the one versus two, but just looking at the rankings, it's interesting that she's kind of, And she's, like, she's way out as well. She's 22 for two. Mm. So, versus Statlander's 12 wins and, like, zero losses, admittedly. But, like, I don't know. it's It's you know, it's got us talking about the potential of contenders and using rankings as reasons for the, you know, they're not stories, but this is how you can sometimes use the rankings to make stories, can't you? I mean, it's a story. That's how Britt got the shot. So, you know, she had to get those wins to get herself up to get the shot in the first place. So, you
3: know, it's a story. The ranking system is an inherent story. Hmm.
0: Yeah. I like that idea, Hamper. I think I would still prefer Thunder Odom maybe all out for Britt Baker because that... gives me the best chance of seeing a double turn, uh, which is exactly possibly what we need or the only way we're going to get Britt Baker the way we want to see Britt Baker uh, in terms of the presentation, at least from AEW. Uh, Sid, alluded to it there, Hamflat. Sammy Guevara in action against Sean Spears, but he's also got a major announcement. Any guesses as to what that is? I don't know. And I've
2: been racking my brains all week to try and think about what this was. Um, You know, it's, it's not easy stuff, but there's things just like wanting a match um regard maybe it's something to do with his status within the inner circle you know just like something about his own personal future going forward um but I like I'm gonna have to like throw this one to Sidric because I just I kind of the fact that they promoted it in advance rather than um having him beat Sean Spears in a fairly routine win and then going on to say getting the mic and say right I've got some big news and it becomes this big talking point makes you think that they've must have something in mind. It's got to be sort of a long-term plan for this character. Um, it's a selling point for sure. So it feels like it's got to be something a little bit bigger than just, anyway, check out my new YouTube show. Cause if we get souls on it and we're going to celebrate together or something like that, it's got to have, feels like it's got to have stakes and ramifications and I, I don't know really what's going on with Sammy Guevara beyond this, beyond the kind of the runoff of the pinnacle stuff.
3: We've been talking off and on as and when the subject arises about who Miro's going to face it all on. Exactly. Um, this could be him challenging Miro. Um, I don't know where, I don't think Guevara's in the top five of the rankings, but, you know, the TNT title exists on a challenge basis, if you like. doing a really nice job of making it sense when it has to make sense. And, like, even if Guevara's not the top five, he's not coming out of nowhere. He's just about to beat Sean Spears, one would presume. He's been spotlighted recently. He'd been screwed out of a big match by MGF. He feels like star worth challenging for a secondary mid-card title, whatever you want to label it as. So that would be good. It's, a, it's the perfect Miro dynamic. One of the better wrestlers to be able to work it. So potentially there's
0: that. And Conf- he, of course, the Spanish God against the Redeemer. That's going to piss me off even more. So ah,
3: There's stuff that can work with that. His character probably won't be happy with the nature of the MGF defeat. And this match follows um, that particular match. It feeds in to Sammy Guevara versus Sean Spears. Results from MGF versus Sammy Guevara because Sean Spears screwed him out of it. They can circle it back and do a stepped up MGF versus Guevara. Potentially, the first one went down so well. Um I'm leaning towards Miro purely because there are two things that need to come together at some point. Guevara's singles push, Miro's all-out opponent. Uh,
0: before we conclude and get to the end of an era uh, on tonight's Dynamite, uh, Sige. obviously, as I said, we've got one eye on Rampage on Friday night. Are you expecting any teasers or, <laughs> I know you're not. you're hoping we don't get any announcements, but I mean, CM Punk is front and center in everyone's minds this, this week. Yeah,
3: Dave Meltzer, I love him. I do. I would not have the wrestling fandom, and frankly, none of us would have the jobs we do if it weren't for Dave Meltzer. But Dave Meltzer terrifies me with some of his bad takes, sometimes <laughs> on Wrestling Observer Radio. Uh, he was so high on Malachi Black, who, by the way, he'd feuded with online effectively, so he can't be biased. He was so high on Malachi Black after the Cody match. So, well, gotta be that. it's got to be the Kenny match. So he has got the wins, the two heels... It's not happening. You just like you just like the match. That's what you want to say. He was saying that he thinks that they should announce CM Punk doing something at Rampage on Dynamite tonight. I really don't think so. I'm hoping he's just speculating. I'm hoping he's just providing his opinions because this has been such an expert viral marketing campaign that actually saying the name at this point would ruin all the work you've done the absolutely incredible work you've done to get the tickets sold, the number drawn and the pop all at once. Because the the beautiful idea of this viral marketing campaign is that you are letting people believe it and you are trusting the audience to get it, announcing it, bad idea. I will take an all but confirmation because everyone knows at this point, everyone knows, but it won't feel real. And that's the genius. So my idea, purely because Darby Allen is still in the promotion for the uh, first dance, I expect something CM Punk and Darby related to happen on that show. If following a very quick and hopefully very entertaining match against 2.0, Darby Allen grabs a mic, says something to the effect of, I'm issuing an open challenge for the first dance. Everyone in this building right now, don't bother answering it. You know who I want. He's not here yet. And then you lights out. Silhouette on the screen. Some taped up wrists doing the roll for two seconds. Boom. Lights back on. Booming chance of CM Punk. You know it's happening, but they still haven't said it. That's my idea. Because I'm thinking, does he do the match? We'll find out more, but... Does he work an actual match or are people paying all that money for the pop? I would pay money for the
0: pop personally, but mm-hmm. I don't know what other people are thinking. It is the equivalent of when they did that. Oh, can you hack the code? And it was like X plus one, 2J. Who who can it possibly be? <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of that. Like you say, we don't need the announcement, Sige. Uh, yeah, I like that. What do you reckon, Hanfler Him saying, oh, Friday, was it 10 p.m. in American time? I would never know what time. 10 p.m. Eastern. Friday, 10 p.m., it's clubbering time. I'll fight anyone, sort of thing. What do you reckon, Hamper?
2: It doesn't hurt because they're gonna want um then like ultimately the ticket sales, it's sold out. So that's already guaranteed money. The pop is guaranteed. The one thing that the only thing remaining that isn't guaranteed that proves that they've milked this CM Punk thing exquisitely is the rating. So it would make absolute sense for them to use their highest-rated show, their flagship, to promote this further with the T's along those lines. Um I, like i was thinking something just in keeping with the other ones we've had to be honest um i was thinking darby allen himself doing the wrist roll like as he warms up for the 2.0 match in the, in the much the same vein that like mjf nicked one of the lines from the pipe bomb um those kind of teasers you know a wrestler using the anaconda device the go to sleep perhaps you know similar i know like the in kind of AEW law that's associated as much with kent because of the moxley feud but it's People know the same punks move as well. Um, but you could be ever slightly more overt to just ensure you get that awesome number for Rampage. You crack that million or whatever that mythical target is they've supposedly got a hit as a result. Um, and I, I don't think I would promote a match. This is probably the older fan in me talking, but then AEW still have an old model in terms of pay-per-views. Like the pop the pop in the appearance is absolutely enough, isn't it? You've got to sell the first match your next years at, at the pay-per-view.
0: Mm. Yeah, I, th- I think that's right. I wouldn't be surprised if if Darby Allen wins and celebrates with an ice, ice cold glass of Pepsi or so. I don't know. We, we, we've just, <laughs> they crammed enough bloody references in. Although he won't be celebrating, will be he? he'll have to cut this promo about punk to get his heat back because tonight Michael Sidgwick is the last match of Sting's career, because he's gonna take, get a taste. I love Matt Lee and Jeff Park. I think they, they've been fantastic. I thought they were brilliant on the road too. Hamlet, you hit a nail on the head when we were chatting about it before. Just serious, but still boy poppers. And yeah, they're putting Sting down for good. 20 years on after the last TNT match, Siege. I mean, I'll repeat this. I was, I'm was i not even
3: joking. As soon as I saw on the official verified All Elite Wrestling Twitter account, R2.0 oh, here, and who wants a taste? I was like, right. We don't, what's the point in you go back to NXT it's got to be the lowest rated podcast we don't do two or five live content so why are we doing NXT especially now that they're not in it anymore <laughs> I, I saying a hamlet like when we were discussing this match getting previewed on last week's review like can you imagine man at the height of Sting being, oh, he's actually completely great. He doesn't get his interviews cut off every week. He's doing great stuff for double or nothing. It's class. Oh, yeah, Sting's been working at Verizon on dynamite in two months. Say, <laughs> so, right, well, Paul of, X, Paul of X getting sacked. And it turns out, yeah, he is. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> absolutely. Well, uh, the thing is, looking at the runtime, looking at um, how many matches are on the show, looking at how. This is such a testament to the way they've built Darby Allen. How far below, with all due respect, and I'm not taking a swing at you. I'm just saying, hey. with all due respect, 2.0 like right down there, the quality at the rule, but like they're fighting two stars. It's going to be five minutes of great fun. And it's, it, it is a little bit like Lush having Sting wrestle on TNT. Like, it is just really nice. And the fact that he's still, like, unbelievably, unfathomably great for his age is just going to make it all
0: the better. Like, I think this is going to be beautiful. Yeah, I watch I, I watch it on various accessible channels normally when I watch Dynamite on i watch it on Fight! Well, exactly. I'm going to watch it on fight because I guarantee they're going to go to, a, they're going to bring Sting and Darby Allen out and then they'll go to a break whilst they bring out 2.0. And I'll be like, well, I don't care about Domino's pizza. I want to see what they're saying as they walk to the rigs. I'll be watching that on fight. Uh, but yeah, what do you reckon? Uh, who's who's uh, going to get a taste tonight, Michael Hamflat?
2: Well, I'm just going to have to correct my esteemed colleague there. I never normally do this. He said that uh, Eyes are going to be fighting two stars. They're not, they're probably going to be fighting three because I imagine jumping jet is gonna be hiding under the ring, <laughs> ready to uh, ready to do the switcheroo halfway through as those cheating bastards try and get a win over the good guys. Um <laughs> I love uh, I did a bit of homework on this. Um the last time Sting wrestled on TNT, Nitro did a 3.0. Now I know something. Now, I'm no scientist, but that's one better, lads. I don't, I'm sorry, like, we love them, but I don't think they've got a chance. This is going to be an absolute blast. There have been some truly great uh, AEW match graphic reveals in this company's young history, but this one might have been my all-time favourite. I cannot wait.
0: Yeah, you'll, you two are going to be sat there in December going, oh, dude, it's been a lot of good, good matches on TV this year, and I'm going to be there just tapping at the window. Well, back when we we're in and Sting and Darby Allen. <laughs> I was writing about a few more Kenny Omega, like, yeah. But when, when, uh, you got a cake, yeah, can you just leave us alone? We've got lots of work to do. <laughs> Imposter NW Wolfstein Jeff Farmer isn't the same
3: as jumping Jeff Farmer, is it?
2: No, don't think so. They called him that in the uh, yeah, in the, uh, the, uh, the backstage promo. That he- is jumping
3: Jeff Farmer still alive? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I did ratings homework. I did not do Dead Wrestler back checks.
3: (laughs) Because if they confuse the imposter sting for another Jeff Farmer and have a double cameo, a double taste, 2.0 Jeff Farmer's. 2.0 Jeff, two Jeff (laughs) Farmer's. Come on. Think about it, lads.
0: I really want this to happen. Just if I, as if I couldn't get any more excited for Dynamite tonight. Uh, let us know your thoughts on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, well, actually, you can follow all three of us, of course. Uh, you can follow Michael Hamflit, who'll probably be staying up because he's an idiot, uh, at <laughs> Michael Hamflit. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... You can follow me when I
3: bury Roman Reigns and things don't go my way, at M Sidgwick. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture at WWE. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, uh, wherever you get your podcast from. Our NXT review is available right now. And of course, our review of this show will be available tomorrow, as well as the preview of Rampage and the review of Rampage and all the excitement and all the fallout from that as well in the coming days. Of what Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcast from for that. But for now, this has been the AW Dynamite preview. My thanks to the Daddy Boys. Thank you for joining us.